Bells tolled this morning in Newtown, one for each of the 20 first graders and six educators killed at Sandy Hook Elementary School last Friday. It was a marker, and for those in grief, there will be many more. Here's the world's Alex Galifant. Grief, it could be argued, calls out for structure. All the ceremonies that I came across had this sort of distinct arc. Sarah Murray researched bereavement around the world for her book, Making an Exit. It allows for a very great period of intensity at the beginning. You think of sitting shivers seven days when you have a really intense period of the family coming over. And then they sort of tail off. You know, So in a, in a month you might have something else, in three months you might have something else. I mean, a lot of ceremonies across the world have this in common. That is really powerful in helping people to get through grief because grief, grief can be chaos. Common to many cultures, Murray found, is that sense of extending space between formal moments of grief as time goes on, leading to some kind of closure. These traditional rituals, they just guide you through in a way that provides, I think, a tremendous amount of support at, at you know, the most difficult times. The expression of grief, she says, is combined with the containment of grief. This is the opening of Gustav Mahler's intensely personal Kindertotenlieder, Songs on the Death of Children. Now the sun wants to rise as brightly, she sings, as if nothing terrible had happened during the night. Karen Painter is a Mahler specialist at the University of Minnesota. There's a grimness to it that the sun dare come up, that life can go on as normal with the loss of, of the children. The opening song is bleak, no doubt about it. And it's not fully private either. So you have the very intimate world of a single person singing, and yet you have the public world of the orchestra. And I think that addresses the dilemma of grief, that it's private and then it's also public at the same time. There are five songs in the Kindertotenlieder. Gustav Mahler wrote the music in the first years of the 20th century. The poems were written some 70 years earlier by Friedrich Rückert after the death of his own two children to scarlet fever. Rückert wrote more than 400 poems in a kind of manic effort to cope with his loss. Mahler selected five that captured the procession of grief towards eventual acceptance. As the songs continue, there are references to light and radiance, children as beacons of promise, and the music is striking in its melodic simplicity. At the time Mahler wrote the Kindertotenlieder, composers and painters were experimenting with new, modern ideas, complexities that often alienated audiences. But here, there's a stark clarity. Death was no longer an ordinary part 
of modern life. Um, a century earlier, half of all deaths were children. And, and by the point of Mahler composed this, the death of a child as it is today is something shocking, is something that we have difficult time confronting. And so Mahler found this to be the purest form of grief. The Kindertotenlieder present a portrait of grief in motion, an inability to recognize what's happened, then an outpouring of sorrow, the merging of memory with the present, and finally, at the end of the fifth and final song, the children, quote, rest as if in their mother's house, frightened by no storm, sheltered by the hand of God. Kindertotenlieder has been called the heart-wrenching sound of farewell. The song cycle premiered in 1905. Two years later, Gustav Mahler lost one of his own daughters to scarlet fever. For the world, I'm Alex Galifant. All week, we've been gathering different perspectives from around the world on the tragedy in Newtown and on the many issues brought to the forefront by the shooting. We've gathered all our coverage into one playlist on SoundCloud. Listen and download at theworld.org.